Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second of uh, this week's Rugby Lineout podcasts, in which we unpack that historic win for Argentina last weekend in San Juan over the Wallabies. Like I say, uh, what a game. Um, I got to admit, I felt pretty pleased. All the pundits after the first test... um, had put uh, Australia down to continue uh, and win the second test. I disagreed. I said that uh, Argentina were going to pull it out of the bag and pull it out of the bag. They did. And then some. And I think what's even more interesting is um, for the first time since they joined the competition in 2012, after two rounds, guess who's leading the table? Argentina. Um Now, whether or not it's going to stay that way with obviously a very challenging tour ahead of them to test tour to New Zealand, debatable. But uh, in terms of, you know, the kind of isolation that Argentinian rugby's had to operate in during the whole COVID pandemic of the last three years, this is a huge shot in the arm for them, especially a year out from the World Cup. So... I'm absolutely delighted for them. Uh, And that win last weekend was really well earned. And yeah, it just in short, more of the same, please. Um, It was very interesting, you know, and also a great start for uh, continuing to build on some pretty impressive momentum that uh, Cheka is gaining as the Puma's new coach. I mean, it was obviously very interesting. You could see that... um, Saturday's game was a very emotionally confusing game for him. Uh, You could see he was 100% behind his boys in blue and white stripes. But, you know, watching them dismantle his former charges and his countrymen was, you could see it, it, it took its toll on him at the end a little bit. But it still didn't detract from the fact that he was overall delighted and super proud of, of the effort uh, that his Argentinian charges put in. And, and as he should be, it, it was a phenomenal performance. Um, you know, but here we are with Cheka as a new coach, uh, winning the series against Scotland, um, you know, uh, getting some real positive change out of the two test tour by Australia, um, you know, is, I think, you know, Cheka's kind of rather colorful personality um, kind of seems to gel quite well with uh, the Puma's rather high spirits and, and emotional passion and everything. It seems to be a good fit so far. And, you know, Cheka does have a history of putting in a, a year when he first starts to 18 months of a really good runs with whoever he's, he's coaching. So this could be the perfect opportunity uh, over the the next year for Argentina to build the kind of momentum they need to once again become that huge dark horse for the World Cup that upsets a lot of people's apple carts. So very exciting times in Argentina. And uh, I think, you know, the interest that it, it now generates in, in terms of how Argentina will get on against both South Africa and New Zealand is, is just absolutely fascinating. And then, of course, you know, the, the end of year tour for Argentina. So we shall see. But, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, a huge, 
huge performance. Um, you know, seven seven tries to two for the Pumas. That's quite the turnaround uh, in the space of a mere seven days. So, you know, huge credit to them. You know, the big question is, can they replicate that now on the road? You know, can they do it in South Africa? Can they do it in New Zealand? Uh, they have one more game at home. South Africa uh, will play. They'll play South Africa once in South Africa and then once in Argentina. So they got one more home game left for, for them. But yeah, obviously their next two games on the road against a New Zealand side that appears to be bouncing back, but is still a work in progress uh, could be, could be fascinating. And there's no, there's no getting away from it. There is some real cohesion in this uh, Puma side. For, you know, and, and let's face it, you know, New Zealand is one of the toughest places to tour on the, in the world. So, you know, they, they're going to have their work cut out for them, but I certainly think they can get on that plane with a healthy sense of optimism. For Australia, you know, they are getting, uh, they're getting dealt a pretty poor hand at the moment. Their injury list, uh, keeps on getting bigger. Um, and you know, they are really having to head back to the drawing board, if anything, when, as, when they arrive back in Australia this week, um, you know, they got an injury list from hell. They've got some uncertainties around certain positions. It's, yeah, and now they have to face a box side who will want to make amends for the wobble at Ellis Park last weekend. They are going to be up for this in no uncertain terms. And admittedly, Australia in the last couple of years has not been a happy hunting ground for the box, but I wouldn't rest I wouldn't rest on your laurels in that regard. You know, this is a team, this is a Springbok team that clearly has designs on the World Cup and then some. So I think the most impressing, uh, the most pressing concern for Australia right now is game management and the crisis they're having in the number 10 jersey. Um, you know, they lost Quade Cooper after the first test. Uh, James O'Connor, who has been out for a while with injury since Super Rugby, uh, was drafted in. And he's clearly not... Uh, not back up to speed by a long mile. And what you saw in that match, um, the second match, nobody really took ownership of the, of the 10 jersey. And as a result, um, you know, Australia, their game management was poor. They looked confused with it. Their discipline was, was also poor. Um, I mean, they led the, the, the penalty count uh, in that match pretty significantly. Um, actually very significantly, um, you know, and you usually in a game against Argentina expect it to be the other way around, but it was 13 penalties to Australia as opposed to nine for Argentina. And that's one area where, you know, Argentinian discipline has really improved, uh, this year. Um, you know, with, with, of all people, Thomas Lovanini, who used to be, uh, you know, the red card poster boy leading the charge. He has really, really tidied up his game, which is outstanding to see because I always thought he was a great player. Um, but yeah, I think that lack of control from Australia in the 10 jersey is a real concern for them. And, you know, you, you saw it in the match that poor old Nick White, 
at Scrum Half was kind of having to almost fulfill both roles. And that's that puts your team in an impossible position. And it leads to to fractured gameplay. Um, people confused as to exactly what their roles are. Um, and it, it just looked looked messy. But for the Pumas, it, you know, it was a star-studded, complete Pumas performance. And a year out from the World Cup, they once more looked true to form. You know, they seemed to go into the World Cups lately with a year out starting to suddenly hit an upward trajectory and peak just at the right time come the World Cup. So, yeah, we shall see. I, I think uh, they could definitely be a serious smoking gun for England, Wales, and Australia uh, next year in France. Um, there were so many standout performances in that match. Um, I thought, you know, it's where do you begin? Uh, you know, in the front row, uh, Thomas Gajo just absolutely uh outstanding uh with his brace of tries you know that is so much a player to watch you know his club back in italy benetton must be thinking they're like you know watching him play in the rugby championship and just salivating over their prospects in the urc this year um i've talked about how thomas levanini has finally become the player we i think we all knew he could become if he controlled his discipline i thought um Juan Martin Gonzalez in the back row. What a find this year. Um, <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, still struggling a little bit with the COVID, but. But yeah, Juan Martin Gonzalez, um, you know, getting a, another fine try in this match. You know, he's he's just another one of these, prod, you know, the latest prodigy from that sort of secret back rower factory deep in the Andes that, that Argentina seems to have. Um, Carreras, I thought Santiago Carreras at fly half, you know, he really did control the game, something that Australia couldn't do from the 10 jersey. Um, you know, he is really uh coming into his own um as a world class fly half and definitely uh worth sticking with. And I thought that was his best performance to date in the 10 jersey. You know, Juan Imhoff, you know. Just when you thought he's done and dusted, he burst back onto the scene. Um, Emiliano Boffelli is clearly sort of Argentina's Iceman under pressure. Just outstanding performance from him um, on the wing. And I thought, you know, talking of, of Thomas Gajo at Benetton, I think Benetton could also feel pretty excited about uh, Thomas Albornoz, who scored a superb try at the end of the match. Um, you know, the 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 bench uh, replacement for uh, Carreras. So, yeah, lots of, you know, Argentina's got this really exciting mix of youth, power, skill, and experience that I say I, I think could really rain on England, Wales, and Australia's parade at the World Cup next year. So we shall see. But if you're an Argentinian supporter, these are very much exciting times right now. Um, you know, I think for Australia, the playing for Hooper uh, mantra that that served them so well in the first test. I think, you know, that kind of uh, ebbed a little bit in, in this second test. Um, you know, I think there is no getting away from it that, you know, Australia, a little bit like Ireland, you know, Hooper, like Sexton is for Ireland, Hooper is such a dominant presence for them on the field that 
without him over time, you can start to tell that there are cracks there. Um, you know, uh, they're just not the same without him. And, you know, I do not want to see Hooper rush back in to, to stick a Band-Aid on the, on the Wallaby machine because of that. You know, he's boldly taken the decision to, to step aside for a moment, um, and that's the right thing to do. And I, you know, I support that decision and i hope that the australian union and public and the media will continue to to stand behind that decision he comes back when he's ready and the wallabies will benefit in the long term as a result however one guy who i think needs to make no apology whatsoever uh is rob valentini at number eight like what a monster game he had he was often you know a one man one man show but uh, what a one-man show it was. Um, he really has become a force. You know, I thought, to be honest, over and above uh, Valentini, the only guys who really stood out were, were James Slipper, the acting captain, who, you know, again, really played with his heart on his sleeve and put in maximum effort. And Marika Corabetti out on the ring, the, the wing, who just ran at Argentina from every single inch of the park and, and tackled like a man possessed. Uh, huge game from him. Absolutely. Huge. Those were the three that really stood out. But for the rest of it, Australia, it just looked disjointed, fractured, and just just not there. Discipline was poor. Uh, execution was poor at times. And the fact that nobody was really running the show from the 10 jersey, I think, wears... Argentina were so running the game from the 10 jersey, just really cost them. I think stats-wise, uh, the game kind of seesawed 50-50 between both sides. Um, but Argentina, I felt, were just so much more effective at turning um, the relatively fewer stats that they dominated into points on the board than Australia. They played um, a much more aggressive and precise kicking game. Than the wallabies and i think what was really impressive was how well they they controlled as, as people are calling it the drop zone of where the kicks were going like every time the ball was kicked they had players positioned as to where that ball was going to be and to control the area where the ball was going to going to drop it was masterful that was i think of all of the things that argentina did well last saturday that was what impressed me the most um, they just they just controlled um, the areas where the ball was landing and and they profited from it. It allowed them, you know, it then allowed them to be very opportunistic in, in, in the way they played the game. But unlike in the past, that opportunism would then be let down by handling errors and poor execution. They were razor tight on Saturday. So it was it was great to see. Um, and through that, you know, being able to um, control those contestable kicks, they were really able to put Australia under pressure. Um, you know, whenever it was a game of fine margins, Argentina clearly had had the edge in that match. It, you know, they just looked like they wanted it more. Uh, they were, the, the pressure was controlled. And it was just, you know, the, Australia just couldn't match them in that regard. Um, I've already talked about the fact I thought, you know, although 
I thought he had a good game. He was being asked to do too much. That's Nick White at scrum half. Like a lot of the time he almost like, well, am I supposed to be scrum half? Am I supposed to be fly half? And what do you guys want from me right now? And, you know, he was almost like having to fulfill two roles for the, for throughout the match. And that I thought was really unfortunate and detracted from Australia being able to then consequently string phases together. Um, I thought, you know, it's it's unfortunate and they've got to fix that because a lot of Australia's set piece work is good um, along with their running, passing and handling game, but they need a playmaker to pull it all together and they didn't have that on Saturday. So, yeah, tough calls now for both um, uh, for both teams, you know. Uh, Australia now have to face a wounded box side uh, with an injury list, you know, that with you know, fielding an injury list from hell, uncertainty around the 10 jersey. Um, Argentina, you know, they are not suffering from an injury uh, list. They all seem to be in ridiculously robust health. Um, but, you know, they're up against a New Zealand side who, whom the public in New Zealand will demand nothing less than a comprehensive uh, two back-to-back victories over the Pumas uh, to silence their critics. But, you know, as we've seen with New Zealand, they're not 100% at the races. And if Argentina can build on what they did last Saturday, do not write them off. They, they, you know, they've, they have now proven they can beat the All Blacks. Whether they can beat them in New Zealand, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But, uh, you know, based on what we saw last Saturday in San Juan, it's certainly a team I can't wait to watch in action. Um, I think they are by far probably going to be the most entertaining team in the competition. So, yeah. So exciting times uh, for both sides. Uh, you know, like I say, I don't think Australia's down and out. Fix fix the, the 10 jersey issue and the rest will come. This is a, a good, well-coached, well-managed team with some exceptionally talented players in it. Um. Argentina seem to have found their their mojo again after a couple of years in the wilderness and are building nicely for the World Cup, which they tend to have a habit of doing. So yeah, this this championship is wide open, and like I say, Argentina are top of the table after two rounds. How how interesting, how exciting, how glorious! You couldn't really ask for more. So yeah, so no, nothing going on this weekend. Uh, next weekend it'll be uh, Australia versus South Africa and New Zealand versus Argentina. Uh, I am very pleased to see that uh, refing wise, I didn't think during the Australia Argentina series, the, the refing was as good as it could, the officiating could have been, was as good as it could have been. Um, I think for the Argentina New Zealand series, uh, there are some question marks around Nick Berry, who will be refing one of the matches. Um, but certainly, I think for the uh, Australia-South Africa games, you're going to have a, a really good officiating team. So hopefully, that's one other thing that the, the championship bodies can also have a look at. There, there were, at times, some, some unfortunate refereeing calls or lack of consistency in them, and hopefully that will get addressed for the remainder of the championship. But lots to look forward to. Is really developing into a top quality competition this year with everything on the line for all four teams. So yeah, lots to look forward to. So I'll sign off for there. 
And uh, like I say, nothing going on this weekend, but we'll be back next week with the build-up to the next two rounds of the rugby championship. Till then, everyone, take care, stay safe, and enjoy what uh, remains of the summer, and we'll talk to you all next week.